0: Aquí estamos preguntando sobre supersticiones financieras.
1: Bueno, en mi familia decían, si te pica la mano, no te la rasques porque viene dinero.
0: Pero si quieres controlar tu presupuesto, hay una manera mucho más práctica. ¿En serio? Con el plan precio personal de State Farm, puedes crear un precio accesible solo para ti. Y sin
1: aguantar picazón, me gusta.
2: Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. Llama para obtener una cotización hoy. Los precios varían según el estado. La elegibilidad para la selección de cobertura podría variar.
1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
2: Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.
1: Hey
3: everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz, I'm your director of funny games for the evening. What a time to be alive! Um, I just I got a lot of it out yesterday. If you listen to the post game, uh, the press conference post game, got a lot of my frustrations out. But man, it's like that. It's like that meme or whatever. Like. Our expectations were low, but holy fuck. That was yesterday's <laughs> press conference, basically. Well, I I love the
1: fact that you did a post game for the press conference. It's incredible. Like, it's, it's like to me it's like the equivalent of like gaming the press conference. Like you're like it's, out in the parking lot down in beers before Dave I Scott mean, and Chuck Fletcher talk.
3: It's the most important thing that's happened in a month.
1: Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs>
3: what the fuck, you know? I talk about every meaningless game. The season ended a week before Christmas. But, yep, here we are. And now the whole gang is together. And we are going to talk about what went down yesterday. Uh, things are ablaze in Flyers Land. So let's get right to it. Let's lead it off with Stephalicious D, Steph Driver.
2: So I joined Bill on his most recent post game. And. There was something that I said that I feel like really, really needs to be repeated and also drilled into brains. There is absolutely nothing that Chuck Fletcher and Dave Scott could have said yesterday that would have made the team better this season. There is nothing that they could have said and there's nothing that they could have done that makes anybody feel better today. What they're talking about is, all right, well, we've got to be better moving forward. And they kind of laid out a plan, but there is nothing that they could have said that made anyone feel better. So I think that we all just need to take a breath and realize, okay, they didn't say what I wanted them to say, and then rationally understand they were never going to do that anyway.
3: While I agree in yeah. principle, there was nothing they could have said that would have made the team like what we're mad about is the team is bad. Yes. There's nothing they could have done yesterday. Like, oh, and bad. now we have Kale McCarr and Connor McDavid. Like that couldn't happen. That so would
1: cool.
3: yeah. Like that's impossible. Yeah. So there's nothing that they could have done to fix that. However, They could have acknowledged that the team and organization as a whole is failing and needs a new direction. And what they did was double down on the current direction.
2: Okay, but hold on. They could not have. Sure.
3: Because. Sure they could have.
2: No, no, no. Listen. Why? No, they couldn't have. Because of trades. You want them to trade away everyone? then they need leverage. They need to not be... No, 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 don't, don't cut me off. They need to not be out there saying, this guy sucks, this guy sucks, no. this guy sucks. Everyone we have sucks, and we need to get rid of them. Because if they're trying to get rid of them, they need to be able to say, hey, no, he's good, you want him.
3: Who said anything about saying anybody sucks? There are no secrets. This team is out of the playoffs. They are not making any sort of run, and you don't need to say a guy sucks to just be like, yeah, what we tried failed, and like they've lost 13 in a row. They said that. They've lost 13 in a row after losing 10 in a row. You need to recognize the franchise's direction is wrong, and they didn't. They said we're not gonna They said, they that. said we're not gonna rebuild, we're not gonna bottom out. Well, that means you're gonna they, double they down. They
2: didn't say that. They That's said exactly what aggressively- they said! No 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 no. D- You're saying what they didn't say. No, what I think they, they actually did. said was they're going to aggressively retool. And what they actually so, said was they're, this off season they've again. grown everything that they can control. Everything that they can control, they're controlling. They're throwing money at building the analytics department, at building creating new positions for people. Um, everything that they can control outside of the on ice product the, there's
3: going to be a can lot can of,
1: actually really control yeah, I mean, be controlled yeah there's going to be a lot of synergy there's going to be Chuck a lot Fletcher of synergy
3: <laughs> there's going to be all <laughs> sorts of corporate jargon we heard all that it's definitely comcast definitely runs this team we heard that but no they didn't recognize that the franchise needs a new direction they said we're going to do this off season again we're going to try to trade for Ryan Ellis a second time is what they basically said they
2: didn't say that they didn't right. say that.
3: Aggressively retool is what they did this offseason. Right, I can, mean,
2: they didn't not say that, but they didn't
0: yeah, say that. Yeah, I feel like, like we are going to talk about
2: this. Yeah,
3: yeah let's, let's actually. You can't,
0: can't put intro. words in their <laughs> mouth <laughs> let's,
3: let's get they didn't say that.
1: Let's get into the story I mean, actual the actual discussion, not the intro. intro- From
3: intro- the New York Times, Charlie <laughs> O'Connor.
1: Is this going to be the new bit? Are you going to say the New York Times every time, though? The
3: failing New York Times. I
1: actually.
3: didn't last time, and I had to make up for
1: it. Okay, so my intro is basically that honestly, like, I'm just kind of glad that as someone who covers the team, I can now talk about things that aren't the games that they keep losing. <laughs> like, the, the, the fact that we covered a press conference and there was stuff to talk about that wasn't just like, oh, the Flyers lost again and they played like crap again for the, you know, 13th time in four weeks, that was refreshing. So I'm just happy that there's other stuff to talk about. Um, you know, yeah, it doesn't make the team any better. But as someone who's like just producing content, the last few days were kind of nice.
2: Now, Charlie, I have heard a rumor that you stole questions from a one Kelly Hinkle. Would you like to address this? What?
0: I,
1: I do not you, steal questions. That's not what I no. do.
0: I, you asked a question that I wanted to ask oh, really? I was like so I mean I was going to talk about this in my intro But I was so primed to ask a question Charlie I was fucking ready I was uh, ready to ask a question Okay and Kelly then, Hinkle was
1: to, to be clear to our listeners Kelly, Link- Kelly Hinkle was in the room I was going to call you Kelly Linkle Which like also should be your way. name Considering the fact that you are the Link <laughs> on BSH. But
2: We do call her Kelly Linkle so, Oh
0: man um, How's it yeah, taking so this long to get to that? Okay, <laughs> I was smelly Stinkle when I was a kid so <laughs> yeah but you're too
1: cool to be smelly stinkle kelly linkle is like a cool like reference to what you do on the linkles. Linkles. so i
0: was uh anyway i was gonna ask a question about what dave scott should be saying to the fans and fucking car got that one out from under me and then and then charles j o'connor asked the question they wanted to ask about the training staff and the injuries and re-injuries and i was like fuck (laughs) i blew it (laughs) oh well so what, what I'm do? hearing
2: is Charlie stole from the real journalist. Yeah. Home. That's what I'm yeah. hearing. It may.
1: I mean, people at the film New York Times are not actually real journalists. They're fake news. I know. That's true. Fake
2: news. That's, it just needed, it needed to be said. It's refreshing. Uh, who's, it, they made me wake up real early for this show, guys. I'm going to be a little bit punchy.
3: And I let it off with Steph instead of Kelly. So I was like, who the fuck haven't I introduced yet? Uh, just <laughs> to fly so. by herself, Kelly Linkle.
0: Yeah, so as someone who does not cover the team and is no way a professional at this <laughs> type of stuff, um, I got to go to my first press conference yesterday because Maddie couldn't go. And it was a, a very interesting and enlightening and enjoyable experience. It was like a peek behind the curtain for someone like me who doesn't do this on a daily basis. So I appreciate Steph getting me in. And... uh I used to, my sister used to work for Comcast Spectacor when she got out of college, my little sister, who will always be a child to me, and sometimes I would see her working at Flyers games, and it was always like, oh, look at her, she's working, and seeing Charlie like being a professional and like doing his job really well, I was like, oh, look at Charlie, he's working.
1: <laughs> oh, my God.
0: So that's what I took from the press conference. <laughs> great it was one. very good that I was there. Obviously, it was very important for me to be in the room and observe Charlie working.
3: <laughs> it's glad I'm glad someone saw it, and it's not just like fake. it's
0: it's real. I can confirm.
3: You never now know. You, you never Charlie know. You never know what's fake news and what isn't with the New York Times. So <laughs> at least we have some confirmation that Charlie O'Connor is doing his job. It's uh, real. So um, we're gonna complain about some things that were said yesterday. So I want to start by asking, Is there was there anything said during yesterday's press conference that you were like, all right, cool. All right, I like what they just said. I think that that is a good idea for this organization.
1: Was there anything there were, that you liked? I think there were a few things that were objectively good things to hear, and they were yes. things that... The fan base, it's a good thing the fan base heard this, because these are things, like, so number one, I I really like the fact that they made it a bundle here, which is true. And this is stuff that I've been hearing for a while, which I think is part of the reason why Comcast gets frustrated with, like, some of the rhetoric that gets thrown around. Like, Comcast throws a lot of money at the Flyers, and they continue to throw a lot of money at the Flyers, and the fact that, like, Chuck Fletcher straight up said, like, basically, our budget has been doubled during a global pandemic, like, that's a good sign. Now, the question is, like, whether the money's being spent well, (laughs) and that's the, you know, that's the critique that can be made. But, like, it's not a, it's it's objectively a good thing that the ownership is continuing to spend a lot of money in hockey ops because that's the advantage that a big market team should have over everyone else. I think that was an objectively good thing, and that was a message that needed to get out there.
3: And our complaints about Comcast aren't, like, Oh, well, the money's being spent wrong. No, that's your problem with... That's the problem with the people that they hire. Are, yeah. Everyone's complaint about Comcast is, oh, they don't give a fuck. Where, like, yeah, common sense says they're a business and yeah. businesses exist exclusively to make money. That's why a business is. So a team that wins the Stanley Cup will make more money than a yeah. team that does not. Like, yeah. so, you so, get so to I, keep I like, all that playoff money.
1: That's yours. So I like that. I yeah. thought that the uh, the stuff about Danny Briere was good. I mean, and the thing is like I don't know I don't know if Danny Briere is a good is going to be a good executive, but what I do know is that other teams want him. Other teams think he's going to be a good executive, and the fact that the Flyers have kept him mm-hmm. despite the fact that other teams want him and they are moving him up in the process, like that is that is a good thing because it tells me that they're still capable of keeping their own talent in terms of front office. Like, that was a good thing. I thought that was good.
0: Also, I feel like um, if you're trying to do something to placate fans that are pissed off, I feel like bringing a beloved alumni, like a recent alumni, like not a guy from the 70s, like bringing a more recent member of the team that people really liked into the front office, like from a PR perspective, people are going to like that. that might help them in that a little bit. I, care, one but. of the things, though, like to, back to what Charlie said, because that was kind of my my main takeaway, too. I thought it was good that they finally had Dave Scott explicitly say, hey, guys, um, actually, we're spending a lot of money trying to make this team better. Is good because people have invented a story about them not doing that. The problem is, and this is, this is where I get frustrated interacting with other Flyers fans, is that it's become so clear that people have just married themselves to the story that they made up in their head that I saw people online yesterday pissed off that Dave Scott said that Chuck Fletcher has a blank check. Like, that made them mad. It seems... Which is like, I I don't know what you want then. Like, what do you want from the owner? Because literally the owner's only function. That's The only function of an owner. But like, to who? It's just (laughs) going to be another faceless corporation. This one has deep pockets and is willing to use them. That's good. Like, we could have Terry Pagula. That's a one guy. He fucking sucks. He's ruining a franchise. We could have Eugene Melnick. That's one guy. He's super involved in the hockey. He won't spend a fucking dime to make his team better. We have... A pocketbook filled with hundred dollar bills that never stop coming what the fuck else could you possibly want from the owner of your sports team who gives a shit about what guy is signing the checks i don't understand why people care so much. i mean much. people it's want literally yeah,
1: inconsequential well, i mean people want and this is this is honestly like i'm empathetic to this concept because like oh, people no. want Ed Snyder. They want. They what, didn't
0: like him you know, the whole time.
1: Either. But like, but things were better at the times. But the, the, it's hard when, it's hard when you have something. You have a standard, a standard set by someone who used to run a team in terms of like what you come to expect from an owner. Yeah. And then you don't have that anymore. And then everything is compared to that owner. And that's the struggle that Comcast is going through right now. It's the struggle the Flyers fans are going through right now. And it's all amplified by the fact that the team sucks. So then everyone is like, well, the team didn't suck when we had Ed. So like, now that ev- everything that they are doing that isn't like Ed, like, that's the reason. And it's not really the reason, but at the same time, like you think back to like hey, when the team lost a bunch of games 20 years ago, Ed would come out there and just, like, scream and yell. And we missed that because that was when the team was fun. And, like, no, did it actually do anything? I don't know, but it was cathartic. And people want want that cathartic. A lot of times,
3: a lot of times what it would do, like, after they lost to Boston 4-0 in 2011, uh, you know, Ed Snyder comes Mm -hmm. out and he's pissed off. And we all agree, like, this is unacceptable. This can't happen. But then, then but then, what happened? We yeah, gave Briz happened? a nine-year contract, like Great because move, of his Ed. because of his directive. So, like uh, people look through it, like it's it's you know it's the nostalgia, it's the you remember the good times. I was gonna sure, say course, it's the
0: it's the it's the actual rewriting of history yes, that it, people are doing in their mind. There were bad years under Snyder. You hated Ed Snyder at periods of time. The team didn't actually win anything for uh, 40 years. I understand it was better than they are now. I'm not going to (laughs) disagree with that. Like, I'm not stupid. Like, it was more fun. It was my whole time as a Flyers fan. It was awesome. I loved having a team that was great every year. But I feel like, like that's not the top of what I want to achieve for this team. Like, I don't want them to just be... In the playoffs every year And maybe getting to the conference final Like I want them to win a cup And they never That's... did under Ed Snyder And if we're being real wait, with ourselves Let's say Ed. Oh, I mean yes but... In your lifetime in, in, in mine and, and many other people's yes. lifetimes That are older than me I... <laughs> If Ed Snyder was alive right now Let's be real Because Paul Holmgren and Bobby Clark And the other dudes all love Chuck Fletcher They fucking love Chuck Fletcher They want him running this team so if Ed Snyder is listening to those guys the same way Dave Scott is, what's the likelihood that, that Ed Snyder doesn't also like Chuck Fletcher and want him to run the team? Well, I and don't if, know about
1: that. The, the reason why I don't think that's the case—
0: I mean, I'm and, just making it up because yeah, he's dead, so— Yeah,
1: well, fair. But the, the reason why I don't <laughs> think that's the case is that there were a lot of people that Ed Snyder really liked as people, like actual alumni who were on the team who, when he got pissed off, the team was doing bad, he just fired on the whip. Like that oh, was just I what was,
0: he did. I was told that um I was told that the alumni were treated very well back then, Charlie. I was told that they never <laughs> yeah, had a bad thing well, happen I was that that Bill Barber, Barber got a fair they shake. Bring him back, I was gonna like, say, right yeah. yeah. Bill Bill Barber got canned because Mark Reckey is a big piss baby, but <laughs> everything was better <laughs> than I I for the that
2: alumni. We need to just kind of circle back to we want them not only to be fun, but we want them to win cups. Which That'd again was said yesterday. It was said yesterday, we're not trying to just have a winning record. We're tr- we're winning. We want to win the Stanley Cup. Which, like, let's just take a step back. That's important because we want that too. But we don't just want a winning record. We want to win the Cup.
3: And I agree. However, like, it's delusional at this point.
2: Is it's it not. not? Is it? It's them not them saying they want because to win everyone, the Stanley Cup. Is I mean, meat. you start the season with a with a one out of thirty two percent chance of winning the cup.
3: So, like Colorado and Ottawa, same chance at the start of this season. No, no. I mean,
2: well, on the most basic level,
1: yeah. If you are yes. waiting for talent, then no.
3: Like, you're I'm no. Both, uh, 50-50 if, shot for everybody. If we're just everybody. looking
2: at the the like, most basic odds
3: the philadelphia flyers right now saying they want to compete and for and win the stanley cup is like me saying i want to be president of the united fucking states like except i actually have a chance because the world is well you're not old enough Well, here's the thing though like i will be by the next election
0: like this is the thing that makes sense to debate like this is the stuff i want to talk about i want to talk about chuck fletcher down i don't fucking want to talk about the guy that signs the checks ever again he does not matter to any of what we care about here in except for that he hired and is keeping chuck fletcher that's the one thing you can get pissed off at him about and if you don't think chuck fletcher is good that's we're gonna
3: fair. that was charlie's question charlie was the hero of my uh post game my press conference post game yesterday Ooh. we're gonna get if to we that were topic
1: very, very happy with the questions yes yeah. I, I was
3: that yeah. me so they good. were good Analytics getting- guy coming through, like you're the hero of angry Twitter. It's actually, you did. You <laughs> I, you he's going to be
0: leaving the podcast soon. You
3: did a 180 Charlie there, Charlie
2: has go to the
0: other one. so, <laughs> so like few
2: fucks left to
3: give. <laughs> yes.
2: And and, not, and I don't, I'm not talking about how he is professionally with his job, because obviously he cares about that a lot, but as a human being, Charlie just has so few fucks yeah, left Yeah, like to what people like, think of him anymore. Just,
0: he's like don't care.
3: I want to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I want to circle back to my question before we get to Charlie's question from the presser yesterday and it was what was said that you liked. Uh first with what Kelly said about the blank check. It just seemed like there was a like people are so mad and as they should be. But people are so mad it was like they don't even understand the salary cap. And, yeah, that was like, the thing. I'm like, "What what?" That's not really what they were saying. It's not. They
0: explicitly said all of the things they were spending yeah. money on. None you know, the, of the,
1: them the, were the whole blank check thing. To be clear, because a couple people asked me this on Twitter last night, and I responded, um, the whole blank check thing was very clearly about like you know non-salary Everything cap else. stuff. Yeah. It Everything was like you know, which is is a good thing, as yeah. I said. Like, I mean, that's one of the ways that, for example, the Toronto Maple Leafs have an advantage over everyone because they have all the money. So they hire all the people because that's the way you can't, like, no one can spend over the salary cap ceiling. But the rich teams can spend on literally everything else. And that's how they outspend, like, the, you know, not even the Arizona Coyotes because they don't even spend to the salary cap. But, like, that's how you outspend, like, the Calgary Flames. Because, like, pretty much, like, two thirds of the teams spend to the cap, but not all of those teams can also spend. All of the money on other shit, and the yeah, flyers another hundred
3: on analytics. Like yeah, and the
1: flyers can, and the flyers do, and that was what the blank check statement was. It had nothing to do with salary cap shit because yeah, like unfortunately for the flyers, you can't do that anymore. It'd be great if they could because they'd probably be a better team as we saw so under Ed Snyder. <laughs>
3: yeah. No, and like if you want things to be like they were under Ed Snyder. You know, there's all the stories of if you're the general manager, if you're the captain of the team, whatever. You go to Ed, you tell Ed what you need, and he goes, "Okay, let me get that for you." So yes. that's very much in line with the. So there were some good things uh, in terms of the Danny Briere stuff. While I don't want a uh, another alumni running this team, he mm-hmm. does check the box of. Like, he's not Paul Holmgren or he's not, like, Dave Brown or something. He's actually a player who was excellent for this franchise. Um, Recently. Yeah, (laughs) and recently. Like, I said, if we're going to do this, if we're going to turn it over to another former Flyer, which, not at the top of my list, but if you're going to do it, please do what Colorado did and be like, here you go, Joe Sackick. Like, you know? Yeah, right. (laughs) Danny Briere, a close, at least somewhat, facsimile of Joe Sackick, like, you know, uh, so that's good. It's stuff they actually said. It, the thing they didn't, at least they, not so much explicitly, but the closest they came to saying we are going to fucking sell was Playoff teams will be looking to buy players on expiring contracts and non-playoff mm-hmm. teams will be looking to sell players on expiring contracts. At least that was an acknowledgement that, like, you know, they explicitly said, like, you know, Giroux, this is up to him because he's got to the no-move. They explicitly said, yeah, I know I gave up a lot for Risto. So, like, name those players. But he understands that also, like, Brassard, Braun, Jones, Mm -hmm. Yandel, LOL, can and should be moved for literally something because that's what happens at this time of year to a team like you. So it was like the most reality-based thing they said to me uh, was at least we fucking see this is what we need to do this year. What they do beyond this year's trade deadline, debatable, but at least this year they acknowledge that. Yes, Steph, you were raising your hand politely.
2: (laughs) i was i'm I'm a polite lady um to answer the question, I'm not sure whether there's a, again anything that they could have said yesterday that I would have liked um i i I think that it's interesting that they said everything is on the table um which of course in my head immediately goes to trade Giroux, which they did address a couple of times um I don't. Uh, I, I listened to your post game, and it feels like a lot of people think that they're going to re-sign Ristolainen. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Get I did not that. get that impression. I didn't get that impression. Like, I think that they said, "He's here. If he wants to stay, we'll talk. If he doesn't want to stay,
0: that's fine." Like, that's the impression yeah. that I got. Yeah. The fact that he hasn't the been re-signed. Get...
3: Thank you. Right. Like,
2: yeah. he, and he may not want to stay here. Like Why would this you? team he just came from a dumpster yeah, fire to, come to another dumpster <laughs> fire. Like, we got to get to nineteen he just, losses, so at, Risto
0: knows he's got to get the fuck out.
2: <laughs> right, and like, he's at least proven here that he can play in the NHL, which he could not. He didn't prove in Buffalo, so he has more value, in my opinion. If I were Rasmus Ristolainen, I would not want to stay here.
0: No, like, I, I he's feel exactly- like a playoff team. Yeah, a playoff team is... The idea of a big, bruising, right-handed defenseman yes. for a team that thinks they're going to win the Stanley Cup this year, like, that's going to be... Chuck's going to be able to get something for Ristolainen if They're going to get... Oh, of course.
3: Uh, they're going to... Maybe not the first-round pick, but, like... No, but... They're going to get a substantial... A second. Yeah, like, they're going to get a second. What did they get? Although, what did they get for Braden Coburn? They got a first for him, right?
1: They did. Though, I mean, there's a there is a scenario where, like, if the bidding goes high enough, they could get a first for Ristolainen. But, yeah. like, I'm not willing to say that's going to happen. No,
3: I don't think the the asking price... Like, yeah. I don't like, think it, that's it, the going if, rate. If that's not the sticker happens,
1: price. And it could. They yeah. could theoretically get a first for Risto. I think that the thing with Risto that... And this is, like, maybe kind of a... Uh, Kind of a repudiation of the Flyers. But the thing with Risto is that it is 100% true that there were quite a few other teams that really wanted Risto in the offseason and were willing to offer a first-round pick in the offseason. The problem is, is that I think a lot of those teams that were willing to give that kind of price for Risto are bad. Which, mm. I mean, Curious. there might be a correlation there. <laughs> like, I know but one of the teams that really wanted Risto was Montreal. I can say that with a fact. And, like, they're not going to be training for Risto at the deadline because they're even worse than the Flyers.
0: Oh, can I tell you one thing? This just popped into my head that, sure. that Chuck said that, that I didn't really love. Um, kind of doubled down on the idea that they need to be – a big, bruising hockey team because of the Islanders.
1: Yeah, that was bad.
0: Which I didn't like that because, like, again, it doesn't take a lot of analysis or thought. You just look at the best teams in the league right now, they're not big, hulking, bruising hockey teams overall. Like, sure, there's that element on most of them, but, like, that's not how they built the team.
1: I just, so my, my issue with that isn't even that, like, bruising physical players aren't important. Because I believe they are. I do. I agree. I, I, I have think that, a place. I think that helps, especially in a division like the Metro. But what I don't like, and I never like this. This is something that the Flyers have done a lot over the years. This is like pre, you know, pre-Dave Scott. What I don't like is I don't like a team... Building a team as a reaction to other teams. I like it when a team builds the best team they can make and forces other teams to react to them. And I think for too long, the Flyers have been like, well, we need to do this because that's what this team does and we need to match up with them. Like, no, build a really good team and be the team that other teams are like, hey, you know what? Like, that defense is so fast. We need to build a way to do, you know, to match up against how great the Flyers are. Like that's or, what that's what the Flyers should be trying. You're not trying to be like and, well and like who's the who match up with Tom Wilson? Like no. Or look like, at look at
0: the, or look at the Canes. The like match up with the Canes. The best team in the metro. Like why are, are we, we matching I up mean, with the Islanders? The last Islanders. time the last
2: time that the Flyers had any type of impact on the NHL as a whole was Shane Gostisbehere. When Shane Gostisbehere came into the league his rookie season and he was he had like lightning in a bottle. That was that was the time when other teams in the NHL were like, "Oh. Did we need
0: to do this too?" Did have a little chuckle at we, don't, we don't know what. Yeah. Chuck to saying do that the, they need a, a a puck mover. I had a little chuckle. That
3: that was fun.
2: That yeah. Was, did you have one? Um there was something else that <laughs> Chuck said or it was Dave. It could have been both of them at this point. I don't exactly remember. Um but they did say there are good pieces here. And I know that pissed off a lot of people, but I completely agree. There are good there are, pieces I mean, here. Sean Couturier is two years off of his Selkie Trophy win.
1: I do think a lot of people have forgotten that like Sean Couturier is a really good player. And like I get, we're back one of the best of this year, and then he's been out, and he's very good chance yeah. he's going to miss the rest of the season. But there, there is an element in this fan base of like, what have you done for me lately? And like, yeah. oh, Sean Couturier is hurt, so that means the contract is bad. Like,
0: yeah, we're back to three really. I mean, Z Sean Couturier. Like, yeah, you no, can like, you
1: can make a case that like, okay, the, the Couturier contract maybe doesn't line up with the realities of where the Flyers are at as as a, yeah. as a team, and that's fair. But if you're like there, as I've, I've said this on the show before, there are a lot of people that five years ago thought Sean gauthier sucked, and now they're coming back out of the woodwork to be like, "See, I told you he sucked." And it's like, no, he's really good. And when he can play again, which will happen, he will again be really, really good because he's a really good hockey player.
3: That's uh like the there was a lot of people yesterday who were like, yeah, you know what, if if Ellis like. Yeah, he might be untradeable because no one knows what the fuck's the matter with him. Like Sean Mm -hmm. Couturier at 29, 30 years old, his contract is not untradeable. And a lot of people were talking like that. Like, yeah, the last two years, major disappointment. He's dealt with injuries. It's bad. Sean Couturier is not untradeable. He's a very tradable piece. And I agree, Steph. The pieces are good. There are good pieces here. I think what people were mad about, though, yesterday is when they said the core is good. Oh, God. Here we go. Because there is no core. The core is bad. That's why the team is bad.
0: People, the way that people obsess with that word and the definition that people have kind of like a added to like in my mind and maybe i'm crazy saying the core of the hockey team does not mean the best players on the hockey team like at all even a I little mean, your bit core pieces. it could it could if you had a really really good hockey team the core could be the good players but we don't have a really good hockey team so the core players are not I feel like people heard that, and they, in their mind, were like, well, then that means Kevin Hayes is going to be our best center. If that's the core, then Kevin Hayes has to be the best, and you can't go above that. Like, that's not what he was saying. He explicitly said, we have a core, the core is good, and we need to get more top-end talent to supplement the core. So we have a core that's, you know, that's all right. It's not bad, but it's good. If we get players better than them... That's good. So I think now, all is, of a sudden they're better
2: too.
1: I think this do is a other good
2: fan. Sorry,
1: go no, ahead. it's do only other
2: fan bases. Use the word core. Like the do? Yeah, because it, I've never heard. Nah, of... it's a thing. Like, but,
1: but it's so much. I mean, it's a lot, but it, it is it's definitely it. a thing. I feel like it's a thing that gets used when... And a moving target. When there isn't full agreement on what the core actually is. Like, I don't think anyone in Edmonton really talks about the core because everyone knows the core is McDavid and Drysaddle. Like, why bother talking about it? We all fucking know that they're the core. Whereas if you're a team that, like, it's kind of nebulous, you talk about it a lot because you're trying to figure out what actually is your core.
3: And that's, I think... When you've lost 13 in a row and you're in last place in a division that features, like, the Devils, um, don't tell me the core <laughs> is good. Like, don't so tell the me thing. the core is good. That's no, a lot. So the thing. <laughs> it's not. No. That's why you're bad. Okay.
0: So some people have decided that the core is whatever was intact from 10 years on to today, which means Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux is an excellent hockey player, not the reason why this team is losing. Sure. If Claude Giroux is the core – the middle, the bit at the center, and you haven't built out anything around the core, that's why the team is bad. If you are simply acknowledging that the core, meaning the little nugget that exists that you have to build around, is Kevin Hayes and Ryan Ellis and Sean Couturier, because either they're very good, like Sean Couturier, or because you are like just factually not getting out of those contracts, so they're going to be there, that's the core. They're just saying these are the guys that we're going to have to build around, either because we want to keep them, or we're stuck with them. Whatever the case may be, that's just what it is. So now you build around the core, like... I don't understand what's negative about saying these are the players we're going to build well, around. What's it negative? Mean be- they're the best. What's
1: negative about it? and it just, It's an understandable reason for it to be negative. What's negative about it is that people look at it and it's like this is your core. It's just not good it enough to be your core. It should be better.
0: It should be better without question. But I think that they acknowledged that they need to get players better than the ones that they have.
1: Yeah, let's let's take a break and then I do. I actually want to use this as a, as a segue into something I really want to talk Ooh. about about this whole core thing about getting better players. But let's take a break first.
3: All right. We're going to be back on the other side. Charlie set it up. Way to go, Chuck. You're the new host. Mm. Uh, Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah, we'll be back. Just uh, stick through this break, and we're going to continue talking about that shit show press conference yesterday.
2: This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay.
3: Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down...
1: Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4 3 Void or prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com.
3: All right, fam, we are back, and we are talking about the core of the Philadelphia Flyers. It was, it was laid out to us by uh, upper management yesterday that the core of the team is Sean Couturier, Kevin Hayes, and Ryan Ellis, and they did not name. Carter Hart, and I think that's where a lot of the uh, a lot of the consternation about no, this I subject mean that's that's
1: bullshit. Like that's a that's a social media creation because they're not trading Carter Hart.
3: No, that I was, didn't. That, that, that I was, that was know, like Dave like a Dave Scott brain forgot heart. to no, say. I didn't. Yeah, Hart. I like wouldn't say yeah. that they. Oh well, we're not trading Carter Hart. It's just when you look at we're talking about the core. Kelly laid it out perfectly before the break. The core is what you build around. Well. They need to build around number 79, and those other three guys can come or go as they please because they don't fit the timeline of when we're actually going to be good well, again. I like Carter Farabee Hart, does. Carter Hart is the key to everything, he is the only core piece, as far as I'm concerned, at this
1: point. So, a, like, does. definitely does. Okay, our, yeah, go ahead. I was, ahead. I'm shouldn't just gonna be moved, I just ask Bill, but I just we'll want to ask
0: Bill fundamentally because I, I feel like we're going back and forth. I just want to know fundamentally for Bill, do you believe? That there's a zero percent chance that Chuck Fletcher could aggressively retool this team into something good. Do you yes. believe that there's a zero percent chance that he is going to accomplish what they're setting out to do?
1: Zero percent. Okay,
0: that's. I just wanted to to know. Well,
1: that's where bills up, which is fair. Fair enough. So, so this is what I want What's to talk about. He ever about. done? This is the. This is the. Ryan issue. Ellis. I
2: mean, it's not his fault. Ryan well, Ellis mean, got hurt. Like it. he did ship out. Two bum
0: players. True, for he Ryan might be ba- he might be bad. No one knows. He's not. Yeah, he player. could
1: suck. No. So this, this is the thing I wanted to talk about because this was probably my biggest issue with the presser. Like a lot of people are going to have issues with like I think more visceral things. My biggest issue was that we talked to, we we talked to Fletcher and I thought this was actually a very revealing statement for Fletcher. It's been it's been thrown around it's been danced around for a while, but Fletcher flat out saying that we need more high end talent that was refreshing. That was refreshing because it's something everyone kind of knows. Vino talked about it a little bit, maybe like two or three weeks before he was fired, where it was basically like, "Hey, like you know, we know we're a team that has to win with depth because we might not have the top end guys other other teams have." But like this is the first time that the GM was straight up saying like, "Hey, we need stars." We need guys that can actually move the needle and scare other teams. This is something we've been talking about for a long time, and like that was cool to hear that. But then you say we're not going to try to get we're not going to bottom out, and 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 the thing is is like I understand where they're coming from in that if you have guys like Katuria and guys like Ellis and guys like Hayes and they're all healthy it's going to be hard to fully bottom out, especially if you're going to keep guys like Hart and Farabee, which they should because they're young enough to be on the right timeline. But the thing is this. If you acknowledge that you need more high-end talent, but you don't have a plan to get that high-end talent, yeah. then what are we actually doing here? Because like, like, like the, the, there's three ways you get high-end talent, really. There's three ways. There is, number one... You draft in the top five of the draft a couple years in a row and you get guys that have a good chance of being high end talent. Number two, you get really lucky and you draft somebody later in the draft who becomes someone who is a star. You get a Nikia Kucherov. You get a braid Point. Hell, you get a Claude Giroux. That's number two. Number three is you convince someone in free agency or via trade who is a star, who is an established star to come to Philadelphia. So like, what are we actually doing here are we just is this whole plan just to hope that number two or number three happens? Because if we're not willing to do number one, and that's what Fletcher and Scott said, that like, hey, we're not gonna buy them now, we, we think we can get 10 next year. If that's the case, where are you getting the guys who you say that the team needs to be really good? Because if you're not if you don't have a plan to get them, then you're just spinning your wheels. And that was the big concern I had coming out of that press conference, is that they they correctly identified a major issue, but like, how are you going to address it? And I don't know if they have a plan to address it beyond we're just going to keep making draft picks and hopefully we get another Claude Giroux at like, pick number seventeen.
2: Well, I feel like I I feel like that was a little bit strategic because they are in a very competitive environment and everybody, every team is watching this press conference, so they can't be like. Well, what we're exactly going to do is we're going to package up Rasmus Ristolainen, Travis Konechny, and Martin Jones, and we're going to go get Johnny Goudreau. Like, they can't sure,
1: say that. Sure, and, and they can't, I mean, of course they can't be like, yeah, the plan is is that we're going to trade up into the top 10, but the thing is is that, like, no one trades top 10 picks. The yeah, how, only would way they, you get,
3: how would they like, accomplish they, that?
1: Like, the only way you get top 10 picks is if you're bad. It's so rare, it's even rare that anybody trades a top five pick, which is where you probably really need to be to get the kind of game-changing talent that they need. I guess, like, I I think a lot of fans would have been happy to hear, like, the Rangers thing. And, and we, yep. discussed the, we discussed the Rangers thing of, like, it wasn't really a rebuild because they lucked into getting Panarin and Fox because they only wanted to play New York. And that's true. That is true. But I think a lot of fans would have liked it if they would have just been like hey, guys, like, the next couple years are going to be painful, but, like, there is going to be a light at the end of the tunnel because we're going to—we understand we need high-end talent and we're going to do everything we can to get it. And they, and they didn't do that. So yep. they're still kind of in this middle ground of, like, hey, we know we need better players, but we don't really know how we're going to get them. And, and as, they... long as, that, as long as that's the state of philosophy, fans are completely justified in being skeptical that this is going to work.
0: Shut up. Let me say something.
1: Okay. What if
0: part of Chuck's plan— is they might have a top five pick this season. Like, there's no reason to believe they won't get a of no, pick have this top season.
1: Five. They're, this they're season so, if,
0: year. if part of the plan is, we're probably going to get a pretty good draft pick this year, so there's one guy we might be able to pick up. And then we're going to do the trading, like Steph suggested. And then maybe if we're able to move a contract or two, we can pick up a free agent. Like, I don't think, like, they didn't explicitly say we're not building through the draft. I think they understand that this year, you don't have to do fucking anything.
1: You're getting no, they're, to they're, they're, just, that they're yeah, just that bad. They're just so that
0: bad. There's do that factors into it. Like, there's every reason... Like, the Flyers have an excellent chance of ending up with Shane Wright. They're fucking terrible. That can happen.
1: <laughs> and that is so one of the reasons, if, that's one of the reasons if, why I'm not that mad about the rest of the season because it's like, look, if you're going to suck, it. Yes. really suck, and so they really suck. suck. Let's go. Oh.
0: So... <laughs> If that if that's part of the plan, like it's a reasonable plan, like they don't have to tank. They're tanking.
3: No, like, they're doing. They, don't, it. they, they <laughs> yeah. don't have to tank this year. But like Charlie said, um, it has to be like you can't just. Yes, the Rangers got lucky, but they still had multiple picks, high picks. Like, did Those they guys
2: aren't even the good players? But they also they didn't have a first round pick for three years in a row. They
3: put themselves in that position to be able to do the things they did, and they got lucky because they play in Manhattan. So fucking Artemi Panarin wanted to go there. Also, like, I
0: don't, did the Rangers ever like explicitly tank? They got really lucky with lottery. They got
1: they, they purposely lucky. traded away guys. Like they traded away yes. Kevin Hayes. They traded guys yeah. away that one year where that was one right. Year. That was right after they said like, hey, we're gonna rebuild. They sent the letter, and then that offseason they found that Artemi Panera wanted to come be a Ranger. And it's like, all right, well, I guess we are not rebuilding it anymore. Which, I mean, fair. Like, if, if one of the top ten players in the game tells you, hey, I want to be on your team, you pivot. Like, I'm not giving them shit for it. But I'm just saying that a lot of that was luck
3: what bothered me a lot about what they said in terms of we're not going to bottom out we're not going to go through it's always when they don't want to do it it's always a 12 year rebuild, or so like what they say a five or six year rebuild or whatever yeah, they said yeah yesterday. scott said like
1: i don't see this as being a three four or five year
3: yeah it, it doesn't have to be it could be two, like whatever it's always that like oh i don't want to go through a 25 year rebuild like yeah okay fine um uh, like what bothered me was the acknowledgement. Well, yeah, you know, the best way to get the top end talent is to draft it. We yeah. won't be doing that. Like they that isn't is,
0: say that though. They didn't say that. You're you're adding on to what they said.
3: The best way to do it is to be at the top of the draft. Right. We will not be Which bottoming.
1: They are. Out. Well they are this year. So they're gonna they're add
3: one guy. Place. They're gonna add a Claude Giroux replacement, maybe. Like we've seen, we have seen Specifically in this organization, one year at the top of the draft, you might get Nolan Patrick or JVR, who do not move the needle at all. You need multiple (laughs) lottery. You need lottery tickets. You need as many of these guys guys as you can get.
0: You, I I saw someone refer to Shane Wright as Nolan Patrick online. It's happening a lot.
3: (laughs) I just
2: can't. I can't get upset about things that haven't happened yet. Like, they're already going to have a top five pick this year. They don't need to bottom out. It's already as bad as it's going to get. Like, this is... So so here's
1: here's the one thing I will say to people who are, like, very, very negative coming out of this press conference and very negative. Like, basically, the, the people that are coming out of this thinking that, like, these guys just don't get it. They don't get how bad things are. They don't get how broken the organization is. And that is a that's a that's a, it's a fair opinion to hold. I don't quite I'm not quite at that level, but like it's a fair opinion to hold. My point to those people is that if you if that's actually true, and I've kind of made variations of this argument before, but like if that's actually true, and the flyers just. Suck a talent evaluation. Chuck Fletcher is going to have another offseason like last offseason where he aggressively retools and the team is still bad because he just doesn't have enough talent. If, if that's the case, then they're going to be bad accidentally. Like That's the thing where it's like, like this year they intend it to be good and they're bad. And if things are just so bad internally, they're going to keep being bad for quite a few years, and they're going to get those picks accidentally, so you might end up with what you want anyway, just not intentionally.
3: That's a possibility— Sorry, I didn't
2: mean to cut you off. I thought I was muted when I was talking to Bear.
3: It's a possibility that they stay bad, but what's likely— is they go back to mediocrity and they go back? That's to I think the, the fear that
1: everyone has. The fear they that everyone has is that yeah, it's not that they're going to be bad for the next four years. Is that they're going to be back in that like we're yeah. drafted between twelve and eighteen for the next four years. That's the yeah. fear that everyone actually has. Because I think, I think if you if you hook most Flyers fans up to a lie detector, and like they're going to act like, you know, oh, things are terrible, this organization is a dumpster fire, this team is the worst team ever. They're going to say that, but if you hook them up to a lie detector, I think they will agree that, like, if everyone was healthy and they weren't having the fucking injury year from hell, this team isn't awful. Mm-hmm. I think their concern is that the team, even with those guys, isn't great. And it doesn't have a path to become great. And that's the fear, is that, like okay we're gonna we're gonna run this back. we're gonna you know trade Travis me for another young four. we're gonna you know flip-flop Sanheim for somebody, we're gonna maybe move Atkinson and we're gonna get new pieces. but like it's just shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic because like you're not actually bringing in more talent, you're just bringing in different talent that allows them to be mediocre in a different way. That's, I think, the big fear. Which understandable. is understandable,
3: which is like what happened this year until the injuries yes, uh so yes. I, I i've been i alluded to it like an hour ago we're gonna get to charlie's question in the press conference that had everyone a buzz yesterday <laughs> why is chuck fletcher dave scott's guy why is it why does it seem that chuck uh fletcher not charlie o'connor why does it seem that chuck <laughs> fletcher is hey, if they to hire me as GM. Like, I mean, I would I'm not love it. to lobby for the job, but I'm down. If Dave, if Dave Scott is going to be handing somebody a blank check, why is it going to be Chuck Fletcher? Um, it's a real fair question because, man, this dude has accomplished very little in his uh, in his tenure as an NHL general manager. Um, the last two years in Philadelphia, specifically, have been abject disasters. So why do we think they're so confident in Chuck Fletcher? They're just comfortable?
0: So I we were joking before we started recording about how Dave Scott is like the rich nerd that wants to sit at the cool kids table. And he can't understand why no one will let him sit at the cool kids table. Um, and I think that the cool kids hockey guys in the organization... Tell him that Chuck Fletcher is good, and so he listens to them. I do whole I do wholeheartedly believe that Dave Scott does not really think he knows anything about hockey. I think Dave Scott listens to the hockey people that he thinks are very smart and cool, and he does what they suggest. And I think that the advisors in the organization like Chuck Fletcher, so they're going to keep him. I don't know if I would keep him after the season, but. I mean the fact of the matter is that they're gonna so like you know just sit in it and you know think about things with that reality,
3: but I, I took I took two things away from it. Uh one, when it is time to replace Chuck Fletcher, probably with Danny Briere. Chuck mm-hmm. Fletcher is the new uh Paul Holmgren. Like Oh, probably. He ain't, he ain't getting fired. He's getting Nobody fired. Nobody gets fired, oh, Bill. He's gonna be the no president. No one gets fired. Like, he's gonna like that's kinda I, and this is all conjecture, I have no idea, but i I just feel like, like Kelly said, he's the hockey guy. Dave Scott knows what he doesn't know. I think that's pretty obvious, yes. yeah, he acknowledges he he knows that he's not that um, and he wants the hockey guy, and Chuck Fletcher's his hockey guy. also, what pissed me off about the thing, and like whatever that's you do need hockey people, none of them. It's gonna be one of those guys, as much as we want it to be like Doctor T or whatever. It's gonna be a Chuck Fletcher. Um, the thing that kind of pissed me off about the answer was that he likes the organization we that he that Chuck has built, and uh, he's never seen a front office work so collaboratively. Um, his answer to the question was a shot at Ron Hextall. Which yes. Sorry, bro, that's over now. This is, this is Chuck's team. Uh, we're, we're done with this. It's been three years. Yeah,
1: but I, I mean, that was, that was inevitable, especially after the of Bob course. Clark comments. Like, that, it was inevitable that there was going to be some, some hexal stuff. It, it was funny, and somebody pointed this out on Twitter, that it was funny how, like, you know, when Chuck was naming all of the former Flyers, Grace, that he didn't name Ron Hexal. Like, I'm not even, I'm not even sure if, I, if, if that was intentional, but it was right. funny. The, the he list. name like Simone Gagné, who, like, I yeah, love Simone Gagné, but, like, yeah. The
3: list was, uh, this is tangential, it doesn't matter, but the list was very funny. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, like, he, he comes out, right, he comes out strong with uh, Bob Clark, Bill Barber, Bernie Perrant, then he names, uh, who was it, Leach and Prop, and then Lindros, all right, you, you're on the right path, and then he's like, Simone Gagné and Eric Desjardins, like, <laughs> What? They what? must be nice to him. That's Listen, the only thing I could figure. It's it's cool. <laughs> I, I I really thought there was like cause there's the you know, oh, is there bad blood with Gagne or whatever? I thought it was cool to to mention Simone Gagne. Uh but like I, I just thought the list was funny. That's all. It doesn't matter. I what if he's it. the
2: next assistant coach? Bring he's, in Gagne. He's probably going to fucking Could buy we the team. Just like stop
0: hiring
3: I'm kidding.
2: Players. I'm kidding. Yeah, Tor, what, he, so Torchetti? Funny. But not really. I want to see that face every night. I'm just saying.
3: Torchetti looks like evil Lindros. <laughs> His face is like a lot. It's if like you, an, He's a, a very
0: intense man.
3: If you took Eric Lindros' eyebrows off... And replace them with the eyebrows of the Russian coach in Miracle? That's, that's Torchetti. Sure. Which I'm all for. It's perfect.
0: Everybody wants somebody to right. yell at them.
3: But So why is, why is Chuck Fletcher the guy? Do you guys, do you, do you guys have an answer? Because he just is, man. I don't know. Because yeah. he is. Because he is. Like, this... Uh, I don't I, know. I listed his list of trades here. Any of them all that inspiring? No. The Ellis trade was good.
0: The Ellis trade was good until Ellis died, and it's and isn't still a, real a good.
3: Like anymore. you can't. Chuck Fletcher doesn't control dudes getting hurt. Like, no, i you're right. It was a good trade. I'll, yeah. I'll I'll bitch and complain and yell about shit all day. If Ellis never plays again for the team, it's still a good fucking trade because he traded two bums for a guy who might be good. Like, fair. Didn't work, but those two definitely weren't gonna work. So whatever. Everything else, like. I don't know. A fifth for Hayes' rights was pretty good.
0: <laughs> Cam people for Jake. were so mad
3: about that when it happened. Oh my god! Well, the <laughs> they were whole... so mad about the fifth. I just. Oh, you know. people. I Cam for guys. Jake was a hockey trade. I like that. Yeah. That was, but, that was a good trade. Yeah. The rest of them, whatever. Yeah. There's. No
1: I, more, I think so. Right I think there. the big thing with Chuck and Dave Scott says this a lot whenever he's talking about the front office and i think it's an important aspect of all this to understand and we sort of touched on it it's he always brings up the concept of collaboration that he loves that chuck fletcher is a collaborative guy and that's kind of like that, that i think really explains why he's so cool with chuck is that Chuck makes everyone, and this is like, it's It's honestly, I, I don't think it's coming from a bad place with Chuck, but it is from a strategic standpoint, like not the worst thing. Because if you're a collaborative guy and you include everyone in your decision-making process, that means that when shit fails, everyone kind of feels like they're part of the reason why it failed, mm. which is part of the reason why I think everyone finds it tough to pin all of this on Chuck. Because it's like, well, I can't get mad at Chuck for thinking that this team was going to be good because I thought this team was going to be good too. And the problem is is that everyone who's making decisions on who should be running the show has been part of the decision-making process, so they feel bad about blaming it on one person because they know they were part of it too. And I guess the issue with that is that... like. If things go bad, no one there fully understands how bad it's gotten because they all think, like, actually, we made good decisions. It was smart. Like, I think Chuck said at some point in the press conference, basically, that, like, you know, there's, this is the biggest disconnect in my career between, like, what I think mm-hmm. the team is and what it actually is. And, like, that's fair. But also, like, that should be concerning. Because <laughs> if you think this team is good – and it's this bad, then I'm not sure if you're the right person to make it good. But maybe let's hand work. that guy maybe a blackjack. learning. Check.
0: <laughs> maybe that comment was meant to say, like, "Hmm, I thought this was going to be good, and it's bad." I don't. Maybe he. That's a, something that he. learned. I mean, he's a smart guy. He's he a smart
1: guy. And, and, and like, I, mean, I want gun. Chuck as a person. I don't want him to get fired as a person. I'm I don't just saying. I'm also. just saying that, like. The, there's, there's, a, there's a point where it gets to where you wonder if, like, does this group have the answers? And I'm not sure this group has the answers. I hope that they do good. because it's a lot more fun to cover a good team than a bad team. But I'm not sure if this group has the answers in terms of finding a way to fix this team. Because they've tried two straight off seasons to make this team good and they've only made it worse.
0: Well, they didn't really I try the first this, one. They ran
2: it back. This brings me to a really good point that I wanted to make earlier. Um I I need people to get a, a little bit of a grasp around what the term excuse actually means and what reality actually is. So saying that they're dealing with COVID protocols and saying that they're dealing with injuries that have taken away hundreds of of man hours per game per se- in the season. Like that's not an excuse. That is in fact the reality and that is something that was said yesterday. Like yes, every team is dealing with players in the COVID protocol, but when you look at the Flyers, it is significantly more than the average team. When you look at injuries, yes, every team is dealing with injuries, but when you look at the Flyers, the key players that they have out and the amount of injuries and, and games that they have man hours. I'm just going to keep going back to that, that they have lost due to injuries is above average in the league. Like this is something that they're dealing with. It's not an excuse. It is something that they're dealing with. So one.
1: I think that, and this is the, the response you get, which is a completely fair response is that, as I said, I think most fans, if you hook them up to a lie detector, would acknowledge that, like, a healthy Flyers team isn't this bad. They're not. But the point is, is that even if they were healthy, they wouldn't be cup contenders.
0: So this is something, um, another thing that I I kind of liked hearing from these two guys. So the injuries are a thing, sure. Um, But what they did do is kind of put a big, giant spotlight on the fact that the depth and the prospects are not as good as we thought they were or hoped that they were going to be. Like, that's just a fact. The reason why other teams can weather this better than the Flyers is because they have better depth and better guys that they can call it from the AHL that can make an impact in the NHL. A yes. lot of the picks that Hextall made were misses. They just were. That's how it is. No one thought that was going to happen, but it did. And in my, and I think I asked this last week like, is this an organizational development problem? And the fact that Chuck kind of said, yeah, we we are making improvements to the development staff because so many of our picks aren't hitting. Like, they kind of acknowledge that they might not have been doing it well before, which I think is, it, I I just th- feel like seeing someone acknowledge the things that are bad, that we know are bad, and <clears throat> just knowing that they know it's bad, I feel like is is a good thing. I don't know, like... If he thought that everything was great with player development, like that would be a problem. He knows I appreciated.
3: It's not. I appreciated uh, while he did name, you know, the three vets—Hayes, uh, Couturier, and Ellis—as part of the core. Tk Sanheim and Provorov were not on that list. I appreciate. I'm ready that.
0: for a Provorov trade. If I'm being honest with you,
3: I don't think it's uh, sell one overall. of the two, sell high. One of the two. Sell
0: high, baby. Yeah.
3: One of the no, two defensemen. I
0: don't, I don't think that that people have clued in on precisely how bad we think that he is. And if he is that bad, it's going to be a real problem. So uh, sell while people aren't sure. I
3: mean, Seth Jones opinion. just got nine and a half million dollars. So like anything's possible, you know? People love a defenseman. Yeah.
2: I So here's my thing on Progrove right now. I don't think that he's a, he's a top pairing defenseman. I just don't. But he is still a good and solid defenseman. I would not be upset if he was traded. I would not be upset if he stayed. He's a good
1: defenseman. He, I mean, I've been, I've been beating this drum for the last year and a half, is that Provorov is a number two. He's a, a number three. two. He's a number okay. I, I think people, can, someone can reasonably say they think he's a three. I think he's a two. And he's a two that has been sold as a one and has been played as a one.
0: I just feel like a two can at least competently carry a pair if the one is out. You and can he continue, has shown that he can.
3: He I, 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 continue continues two play at a high level when the number one isn't there. Otherwise, you're being carried.
1: I think a two, like, so to me, a two is one of two things. Either a two is the second best guy on a first pair, which I think he can be, and can be very well. Or a two is a really, really good anchor of a second pair. Like, if you think about it, like, like when the Flyers had Kimo Tiemann and Chris Pronger, Chris Pronger was the number one, Kimo team in it was the number two. They didn't play together. Yeah. He team, team and it was the really good guy on the second pair that you put with Braden and Cobra. And, like, Ivan Perler has never been able to be that guy because they've never had a Chris Pronger.
3: And also they've never had, no, they like... they had Matt Niskanen. They've He's never not had... A Chris Pronger.
1: Yeah, right.
3: <laughs> they've never had four competent defensemen at one time. <laughs> no. no. <laughs>
1: what a and wild I, idea. I mean, the closest they had... The, the closest they got to it was... When they had yeah, yeah. Provorov, Niskanen, Sandheim, and Myers. And, like, in retrospect, like, shit, those were the good times. You had Matt Niskanen, who was not as good as he used to be. You had Phil Myers, who, like, is getting scratched regularly in Nashville because Nashville thinks his entire game needs to be rebuilt. Like, that was the good top four the Flyers had. Like, Yikes.
3: Myers is going to come out next year ripping one-timers and fucking score, like, 13 power play goals. It's going to happen. Yeah,
2: in the ECHL, maybe. Maybe.
3: Uh, So, just in terms of, like, uh, we we talked about the blank check comment and how it's not about free agents and shit, because, like, no, they understand the cap. They're spending elsewhere. However, they did acknowledge they need more top-end talent, and outside of this season which they're going to have a high draft pick, because they're fucking mm-hmm. terrible. Outside of this season, it is not their goal to have more high-end top draft picks. That's not what they're going to try to do. They're going to aggressively retool. Mm-hmm. So, I took a look at next year's cap numbers. They, It appears, to me at least, I have this list here at the bottom just for reference, they have 14 players... Nine forwards, 4D, and one goalie named Carter Hart. They've got about $67.553 million, uh wrapped up next year in those 14 players. They've got about close to $14 million in cap space. And that's, you know, JVR is on this list, and obviously there's things they can do. These 14 guys might not be the 14 guys who start the year here next year, but just saying, for you know, end of year purposes, they have about 14 mil. That's like one and a half really good players. How do yeah. they like, how do they actually think they can pull this off? It's <laughs> a really good question. This I think like, is, uh, no,
2: like yeah, I'll the silence and... is the answer. Yeah. I, I
3: like, don't know. yeah, they they might be able to pull off some really fucking impressive trades, but uh, like, go look at Chuck Fletcher's list of trades he's made. Anything in imp- real impressive? Like, I, I don't know.
1: Like, I mean, but, so this goes back to what I said earlier, though, is that one of the positives of this, and I made this point before on other shows, that like part the reason why I, I don't love the idea of tanking is because teams that actively tank, like, it's pretty rare that those tanks actually work. The tanks that work are the unintentional tanks. It's when, like, you have a GM who thinks he's doing a good job and actually he's doing a shitty job, and because of that, they are bad for four straight years. Like,
0: Edmonton, hello. that
1: could be what we're in for. And it'll end up giving people what they want anyway, just not in the sense that, like, they're being told that this is what is happening. Because, yeah, things are rough. I mean, this team, like, is there a pathway for this team to be mediocre to good? Sure. You know, if if everybody comes back healthy, if Wade Allison doesn't get hurt all the time, if Cam York is really good, if Proveroff and Konechny, you know, step back up to what they were two years ago. Is it a cup team? No, but it's a good team. Like, they'll make the playoffs. That's, you know, if Carter R continues to be a good goalie, they'll, they'll be a good team. But there's a lot of ways this could just keep being really bad. Like, they... They didn't intend for this team this year to be bad and it's going to have a top five pick. There's nothing stopping the same thing happening next year. Even if they're saying we want to aggressively retool and we're going to be good again next year, like they might suck again. And if they suck again, they're going to get another top five pick.
0: Is it possible? Because like at the end of the day, this press conference was PR. And I think that Dave Scott's entire reason for being there is that he wants fans to stop being angry at him. Is it possible that because they're not as, I, I think very clearly not plugged into the fan base as evidenced by things like releasing a gritty game the day after the 12th loss in a row, like, may, like maybe you're not really plugged into to the room. Um, is it possible that they just said that they're not going to tank because they think that fans don't want to hear that like, they think that fans want to hear... I think it's it's possible. They think that they want to hear, we're going to be good next year. So that's, well, that's what they said,
3: with with knowing that they might not be. While while fans, at least the ones I speak to regularly, and there's, you know, might not be the majority. No way of knowing. Um, while fans say they want, oh, we need to rebuild, we need to start over, they also say they want the Ed Snyder years back, in which Mm -hmm. that was never a consideration. At no point was that on the table. So, I I can see how they think, I can see how they would think that, Kelly. Like, yeah, I can see how, if they want the Ed Snyder years back, there's absolutely no way that they want us to rebuild. Because that's not something that was in his fucking mindset. I'm
0: just trying to find a way that I can force myself to... 100% believe that this is going to be fine. And maybe it won't be. And also, I do kind of feel like we do ask ourselves a lot if Twitter and the fans that we interact with are at all representational of the majority of Flyers fans. And I think at this point, given what the building looks like, we can kind of assume that at least for the most part, this is what fans are thinking.
2: Yeah, and there's a piece of me last night that was wondering, like, was this press conference, and I don't have an answer, to be to be clear. Like, was this press conference a way to get information out there, or was it a way to placate the fans? And I don't know. I think it's probably a little of bit both. Of both. Yeah, I think or, so. Or,
3: I thought, um, Steph, what you were going to say. But also,
2: like, do other organizations be like, hey, we hear you're complaining, this is what we have to say?
0: The Rangers did that with that letter. I believe that's what that's true. They did. They Mm
2: -hmm. did. You're right. I'm just trying to think like, I know the, (laughs) the Rangers also held a press conference to say that the article that blue shirt banter had written was not true when it was. Um, and that's one of my most hilarious examples of the organization pointing to something that fans have reacted to. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether I love it. I don't know whether I appreciate them taking the time to be like, hey, we hear you. Or if it makes me mad to be like, can you focus on just the hockey and not what we're yelling about, please? I'm not sure yet.
3: I I thought you were going to ask a different question, Steph. I thought you were going to ask, or is it a way for them to like get more of the feedback? Like maybe they're hearing so many different things if they just come out and say a bunch of shit, then they will actually get the temperature of the fan base. You know, like what That's pe- a really great like, point. I, I yeah. wonder if it's something like that cuz my first uh, when it was all done, uh, I'm in the middle of I'm in the middle of talking to people in the post game yesterday and I came up with the idea of you know, people are so mad after this. What if the whole thing was an act, a put on? to convince Claude Giroux to wave is no-move because clearly this team has no fucking direction. Like, that was kind of my guess. So, anything's possible.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm just... I'm frustrated with how the season has gone, and I'm looking for just the most entertaining and amusing outcomes, and... I got to say, having to work for like 12, 15 hours every day this week is not entertaining for me. But losing 20 games, that would be entertaining for me because then we're getting close to the record in this season. That's entertaining. Like, no, Do I want to. that for me? Do I want that for the fans? No, but at this point, it's not going to get better. So like, let's losses, have fun with how bad it is.
3: Losses are wins now. Every game they lose is a win. So, fuck it, let's get to twenty, baby. I need twenty. Thirteen? Who cares about thirteen? Twenty. Uh, other stuff, real quick. The winter of Gerald.
1: Um,
2: the winter of Gerald. Yeah, you know, that's, what, let's, that's, let's have
1: fun with Jerry May. here, sure?
2: Yeah. Did uh, you hear how excited Dave Scott and Chuck Fletcher were yesterday when, when they just mentioned his name? They were like, "Oh my God, yeah, that guy." good is is this is a feel-good story for this season
3: like i'm glad a guy like him is getting a chance i hope uh you know maybe he can prove he belongs here and becomes that guy like he can be that fourth liner on any team uh you know everyone's got one you have jerry mayhew whoever it may be uh good for him winter of gerald he's been their best player the last two nights an indictment of a team on a 13 game winning streak or losing streak, excuse I me.
2: I think that we also Riding need streak. to... Yeah. I just want to talk about Scott Lawton because he's been so good. Well, he's going to be
3: the 1C real soon.
2: <laughs> I think that he might be, and I think that he's probably the next captain
1: because... Well, when they shrink career, the he very well might be the 1C.
2: He might, and I don't necessarily think that would be bad. I have had a very complicated relationship with Scott Lawton over his time here, but... I'm just now, I'm leaning fully in. This guy is one of the few, and I've said this for years, and he just keeps proving it. He is one of the few that shows up and busts his ass every single night. I think he's one of the best flyers on the team right now. One
3: of my fears when they do sell is it's going to be a team of Scott Lawton tryhards, and they're going to win like five in a row. Like That's one of my real fears at this point. (laughs)
2: Well, if you have Scott Lawton as captain, he'll be like, listen, guys, I'm the one that's trying hard. Please, we're trying to lose here. Uh,
3: what is the matter with Nate Thompson? All right. Yeah, let's. Everything. All right. It's 1030. We'll wrap. Also, Isaac Ratcliffe. Is <laughs> I mean,
2: up. everything is the answer. Say, Isaac like Ratcliffe is up.
3: Uh, I'm excited about Isaac Ratcliffe potentially getting a chance in the NHL, despite him being our, our our large, big boy son. Despite him being awful in the AHL and completely unproductive, maybe he'll be better in the NHL. All someone,
2: right. someone needs just someone who is close enough to the ice where he can hear you. You, I know you need to yell. Remember, you're a big boy, because that, I did that at a Lehigh Valley Phantoms game. He looked me in the eye, and he was like, I got you. And then he went and checked some people. So, Isaac Ratcliffe, remember, you're a big boy.
3: Anyone got anything else? All right. That is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, content, content uh it's great maybe leave us a five-star review say some nice words it's great for our egos and our mental health uh that's it my name is Bill Matz for Charlie for Kelly for Steph have a great week everybody are you ready to talk about sports yeah